Good morning, I'm Carolina and you're listening to Subject ACT, Canberra's local current affairs program on Community Radio 2XX FM 98.3. Today we're talking about asexuality, as this month is Gender and Sexuality Month, at least for the Thursday show. Um, today we're speaking with Madeline Tranter, who is a advocate and spokesperson for uh, asexual and polyamorous people. She's going to help us understand everything about the world of asexuality. And so I guess my first question is, would you mind telling me your name and connection with the asexual community? My name's Madeline Tranter. I discovered a few years ago that I was asexual. I originally thought I was pansexual and then I just stumbled across it on the internet and went, oh, that makes so much more sense (laughs) Um, and from there I over this last year I've become more and more aware of the community um, both online and offline and have been a little bit determined to encourage the offline community in Canberra and provide a bit more support and a bit more of a physical community for us because there hasn't really been one so far. Would you mind telling me what asexuality is and what that means to you? Asexuality is a lack of sexual attraction. So for me, I see someone walking down the street. They're really pretty. I might want to be friends with them, but I'm not. I don't have the attraction there to want to have sex with them. There's a whole umbrella um, around um, asexuality, um, which also includes grey asexuality, which is sometimes or rarely feeling sexual attraction and demisexuality which includes developing a sexual attraction to someone after you've developed a deep emotional relationship with them. There's also aromanticism which is something slightly different but we all go together because there's a lot of similarities in the community. Um, Aromanticism is a lack of romantic attraction Um, and then they have grey aromantics and demi romantics. So it kind of operates on a spectrum so you can be asexual and uh, heteromantic or you can be heterosexual and biromantic. Exactly yeah. And before what you were saying about creating that online and offline community how important do you feel that is for people who are on the asexual spectrum? I think it is extremely important purely because a lot of people don't actually know that we exist and that can be really really troubling um, for a lot of teenagers but also for a lot of older people because often asexuals and aromantics believe that they are broken or they're told that they're broken um, or need to be fixed or they just need to meet the right person all of this sort of stuff builds up and it can cause quite a lot of mental health issues and so having a community means that you can find people who are just like you and are going through the same sort of experiences and it can reaffirm for you who you are how you work and the fact that it's okay to be you and to find out who you are and develop your sexuality as it progresses because it can be quite fluid sometimes as well so that's really cool well you were saying before that you thought you were pansexual and before you discovered you were asexual what exactly is um pansexuality Pansexuality is, I suppose, an extension on bisexuality, which I think a few more people are familiar with. So bisexuality is the ability to be sexually attracted to two people, so or two sexes, so often it's girls and boys. Um, pansexuality is across the board, so I... C- 
back when I thought I was pansexual, I could be attracted to trans people. I could be attracted to a um, gender people, intersex. It doesn't matter. Just the whole lot. It purely anyone down the street. If I think I've got a connection with them, I might be sexually attracted to them. But then I found out that I was asexual. <laughs> how important do you think it is to? I guess you kind of already answered this question. <laughs> but how do you, important do you think it is to to recognize and accept uh, your sexuality, asexual or otherwise? I think it's really, really important. Um, for me personally, it just solidified my confidence in myself. I became so much more confident. I think that helps so much with my he- my personal mental health and being okay with oneself. And so having that community around you and supporting you will then reinforce that doubly. So the moment you don't feel sure of yourself and you worry about what the people around you are thinking and judging you on and whether it might actually affect job opportunities and things like that. I know it does for people in America. That sort of thing can take a huge toll. And so having a supportive community makes such a difference. You're listening to Tudor Works FM 98.3. The program is Subject ACT, Canberra's local current affairs program where we explore issues from a curious and informed perspective. Today, we're talking with Madeline Tranter, who is an advocate and spokesperson for the asexual community. I feel like um, other sexualities and genders and uh, other romantic um, inclinations yeah. <laughs> are something that's not taught in, in schools or any kind of in any kind of formal sense. Like I can remember going through primary mm. school, high school, even into college. Um, there was gay, there was straight. Maybe if he was lucky, there, were, there was bi. Or trans, <laughs> but um, a lot of these other sexualities and genders really weren't discussed. Mm. What would you say to people who say that we have too many labels and we should just be who we are and stop trying to put labels on everything? I think that's fine for them if they feel comfortable that way, if they feel comfortable not needing to have labels. But it makes, I think I've said this a couple of times already, it makes such a difference to find people like you and to know that you're not the only one going through those experiences and to know that there have been studies done in it which we're slowly getting studies done on asexuality um, now and to know that you are allowed to be who you are is huge and so yeah when we were going through school it was never covered but to be honest also general sexual health is huge and consent is huge and that's not taught properly. It wasn't even, It wasn't taught properly when we went to school, and I'm not sure that it is taught properly now, which I suppose is why safe schools is probably quite important. I haven't looked into it as much as I should have myself. And so if we are teaching consent, we are teaching about all of the different variances in sexuality and gender and safe sex and why people want to have sex and respecting when they don't want to have sex. That sort of an education is really, really important to people because it empowers them. And having empowered people means that we get a better world. Well, it seems um, in a lot of social circumstances, it's expected that you go on a couple of dates, you, you like someone, regardless of whether or not you're, you're asexual, sex is an automatic. Yeah. Which is um, quite dangerous. <laughs> Just a bit. A few um, more babies in the world than we want. What do you think are some of the biggest hurdles for asexual people having this sense of community and feeling like they belong? 
in society? So, especially in media at the moment, it's not covered. And so, so many movies, when people are having a relationship, it ends up in sex. It's seen as the thing that happens when you have a relationship. I've done a couple of interviews with um, uh, both The Project in Australia and a UK morning show called This Morning, I think. Um, and so the I've read the comments <laughs> that came up after those. So those were on polyamory. Um, which is another thing entirely. Um, and so many comments mentioned the fact that, because I brought up my asexual- asexuality, that what's the point? If you're not having sex in a relationship, why are you married? Because my partner's married. And so it makes us think, well, if sex is the only reason you are married to your partner, and that's the only thing that makes it different from a friendship, what is wrong with your marriage? Um <laughs> If that's the only difference, and what's the difference between your relationship with your partner and a one-night stand? Clearly, yeah. there's something there's something deeper there. Yeah, so there's a big connection, and it doesn't have to be romantic. It's just a deep, intimate relationship that you can have with a person. And the fact that that's not acknowledged very often in media, and that the sex, marriage, three kids, life is portrayed as the ultimate goal and it is the only story plotline that we have when it comes to relationships is quite horrible or the only other option is complete blow up disintegrates into fiery hell um (laughs) so yeah I think there are slowly becoming more asexual people in the media. I've heard about this Bojack Horseman character. I haven't watched it. (laughs) Um, There's also been a UK TV show that alluding to quite strongly to an asexual character. It's like their neighbours or something like that sort of show. So that's quite good. But it's slow. And every time we don't see ourselves, no matter what minority we are in the media, there's that question of, are we valid? Do our peers accept us? Are they going to knock us back just because we're different? And that's why being seen and being written in to popular society is so important. What are some of the representations that you have seen? Um, Because from my understanding, most of the representations or the allusions to asexuality are negative Mm. or they're presented as they are either uh, faking it or they are ill in some way the house episode yeah um with the married couple yeah um where for those of you who haven't watched the episode one there's a couple that's asexual and are married and it turns out that the husband is sick in some way and so he wasn't actually ace. He was just ace by byproduct, and the wife yeah. was faking it to keep the, the um Which the is marriage horrible. together. Horrible. <laughs> that's a really pleasant representation. So I guess my question is, when from what I've experienced, when there is representation of asexual people, it tends to be negative. They tend mm. to be presented as robots. How? So representation obviously isn't the be all and end all of yeah. this because someone's no, it needs to be good representation. It's only <laughs> positive, but. Accurate. Yeah. So what are some of the changes you'd like to see? That was a really long-winded way of saying. (laughs) What are uh, some of the changes you'd like to see in representation of media? I'd definitely like to see relationships. So romantic movies without sex would be great. Um, (laughs) And so 
relationships portrayed in all of their different variations so it'd be really nice to see relationships that aren't heavy on the romance for all the aromantics out there and relationships that don't revolve around sex it'd also be really good to see uh relationships between asexuals and allosexuals which are regular sexual people displayed as well because that's the relationship that I have and it'd be amazing to see that depicted in another way because I don't get to see it very often if at all um and it's just really affirming every time something that I am is portrayed in the media so polyamory is slowly getting a few um media representations with uh dr mars professor marsden and the wonder women is in there i'm really hoping it comes to australia um and from what i've heard it's been from the polyamorous community it's been a good representation of polyamory if a slightly uh edited edition on the real story but that positive representation has made a world of difference people are seeing it and seeing it as a thing that they can connect with having that connection is really really important from my understanding uh polyamory is where people are in uh really maybe you should maybe you should you're better than <laughs> it than i am so polyamory is the ability the ability to have multiple loving relationships so it's not sex-based, which is why it really works for me as an asexual. A lot of people do use it for sex, but it just means that I don't limit the love that I have for people. I'm currently in a relationship with my partner and he's currently married to my metamor, who's a really great best friend. She's awesome. Um, and it's all ethical. Everyone knows that. So she knows he's dating me. Um, he knows she's dating another guy. It's all ethical. Everyone's on board. Everyone's consenting, which is huge. And if it's not, if no one's consenting, if, if, if one person is not consenting, it's not ethical mo- non-monogamy and it's not polyamory. Um, there are a lot of variations on polyamory and how people do it, but that's the basis of it. From memory, the only representation I can think of for polyamory is uh, the big love. Yep. Which, um, and most people, when they think of polyamory, think cheating, <laughs> swingers, Mormons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, so, that's the top three. Mormons is different because that's uh, multiple marriages, which is polygamy, I believe. So slightly different. So polyamory versus polygamy. There are a few other shows coming out, uh, probably on Netflix. I'm not sure. I don't have it. Um <laughs> there's i think it's you me and her i'll need to i'll probably give you some extra things i don't remember them um but yeah there are some media more media companies are coming out with polyamorous dramas and stories some of it's good some of it is pure drama it is there for that purpose so i've known some poly people to enjoy them but acknowledge that they are trash tv <laughs> i think that's true of um most tv like yeah. no one particularly likes the bachelorette or the bachelor and I mean, yet they've got such a huge following <laughs> see i'm weird in that sense because i won't watch the show but i will read the facebook recaps of every episode <laughs> oh wow i won't do that oh <laughs> uh, well the, the, the writer is much funnier than the show is good huh and now it's time for a little bit of music and today's song is Cornflake Girl by Tori Amos which I've recently become obsessed with 
uh, pretty much exclusively because I saw it uh, at an Inkbits performance recently at Fairy Clipmas and then discovered it randomly on Apple Music afterwards. So I guess this is a little shout out to Inkbits as well. Enjoy. Tori Amos. You're listening to 2WX FM 98.3. The program is Subject ACT, Canberra's local current affairs program where we explore issues from a curious and informed perspective. Today we're talking with Madeline Tranter, who is an advocate and spokesperson for the asexual community. I guess my next question is, what are some of the questions that you've heard about asexuality and being in a polyamorous relationship that you hate? Like, you can feel <laughs> them coming and you're like, why do you got to be like this? <laughs> Probably the biggest one is, so do you all do it? And they give the hand gestures as well because they don't want to say sex. They don't want to say, do you all have sex together? Um, <laughs> so we understand that that's weird. Yeah. Like, that's an intrusive question you wouldn't ask that about. <laughs> like a monogamous no but admittedly we've we've had these questions for ask me anything sessions so we've asked for them to ask those questions but often that is the question that gets asked regardless so when partners come out to work colleagues and things they're just like hang on what um are you all having orgies uh no (laughs) some people choose to that's their prerogative um but 
often it is just purely between two people. But then another person in that relationship might be dating another person and there's sort of like lots of lines leading off in if you draw pictures. <laughs> um, that's one of the biggest questions that's just like, no, it's about romantic relationships and deep strong relation relationships polyamory um and as an asexual being asked if i have orgies is tiring um a lot of people ask me personally hang on i thought you were asexual i thought you didn't have sex full stop and that's another common misconception is that asexuals can have sex they often have a sex drive um, they do experience orgasms uh, and it's purely up to the asexual themselves whether they act on it or not because attraction does not equal action um, is one thing that's quite pertinent to remember and so there are asexuals out there that have sex with their partners and that's a perfectly valid uh, experience. I feel like there's uh, an expectation in society where if you uh, declare yourself to be a certain gender or a certain sexuality or certain anything if you then operate outside of the criteria that society has dictated you have to operate within to match your label yeah you get really confused like they get really stuck on boxes it's it's the same kind of thing though if someone plays tennis mm. and then they start playing soccer like but you're a tennis player you can't play soccer like i can do both it's yeah okay. it's allowed and yeah, people get stuck on that quite a bit. So there, I think it's really important to acknowledge that humans are varied and that we have so many different things that make us who we are that to that that's actually part of the reason why labels can be quite good is because it can give people multiple labels and so they can associate with multiple communities, convey who they are um, to people who might not otherwise have known. Um, and so having myself both the polyamory and the asexual label makes it so much easier if I'm chatting to people and explaining why I just mentioned my husband's wife. Um, <laughs> and so they don't have to ask probing awkward questions. On the flip side, are there any questions like in the ask me anything or just generally in your life, questions about asexuality that you wish you would hear? Basically, probably, and I actually do get this a lot, is can you explain it to me? I understand why some people don't like having to explain their labels to people. It can get quite tiresome and it can get old really really quickly it's quite a bit of a mental drain often repeating yourself over and over again to five different people but if someone comes up to me and they genuinely want to understand the part of me like that is really important to me um and they ask that respectfully i'm going to answer them because we're in such a time of change and learning and understanding and changing society so that it understands who we are better that i want to help change that and so if someone comes up to me and asks me any question whether it's invasive or not personally if they do it respectfully I'm going to be really, really happy to answer because it shows that they want to learn. And on the note of learning, if people wanted to know more about asexuality, just they're generally curious or they think they might be on the spectrum, what kind of resources do they have that you'd be able to recommend for them to, to look into it? Because asexuality has been called by some the, 
the internet sexuality. A lot of people have discovered that they were yeah, ace. that's true. I haven't because heard of the internet. To as that. But yeah, I have. That's how I discovered it. Um, <laughs> um, it's also often I've heard more often that it's the invisible um, sexuality. Um, but then I suppose that's pansexuality and trans, and everyone's invisible to straight cis hetero people that are sheltered um <laughs> but the biggest resource which i stumbled across myself and so many people stumble across in a google search about asexuality is avon so it's the asexuality visibility and education network um, it has so many resources uh, available whether it's printouts um, or there's a big forum so you can join that forum and chat to people all around the world. Um, they've got several Facebook pages as well. Um, there's some local Australian Facebook pages too, um, who are all quite active. And so they often take questions if you submit them uh, via message anonymously. So you don't need to worry about being outed if you're a bit worried about that um, and you're not comfortable with that just yet. Um, but Avon is really the biggest, most well-known resource for asexuality and the spectrum. And are there um, at present any uh, offline sort of support groups for asexual people and people on the spectrum in Canberra? Um, I've just started one up. So we had the asexuality ask me anything for asexual awareness week in 2017 and so after that i decided to start up a group on facebook it's called act aces ace being the shortened version of asexuality and so there's now a little group we're quite small but feel free to join um we'll take people from all over australia anyway because australia is a bit small like that um feel free to ask questions there and go for gold cool um and i think that's about it but before i wrap it up do you have any other comments or things you'd like to add before i finish the interview it's okay if you don't <laughs> it's just in case you like you're like i really wish you'd ask this question because i wanted to say this thing <laughs> That concludes our discussion with Madeline. Join us each weekday, 8.30am to 9am on 2XX FM 98.3 Subject ACT. Or you can stream us live at 2XXFM.au uh, slash listen. Or catch up on all our podcast episodes at soundcloud.com slash subject ACT. Or stay in touch via Facebook and Twitter. As I said at the beginning of this show, uh, I'm having the month of January as a gender and sexuality month. So next week's show will be on polyamory. So stay tuned for that. And if you have any questions or believe you may be on the asexual spectrum, please check out the Asexual Visibility and Education Network. Or the there are weekly, uh, there are fairly regularly regular meetups at the ANU for people who are on the queer spectrum if you are a student. Community radio needs you, so please help support this station by subscribing via 2XXFM.org.au. Please stay tuned for more people-powered radio. I'm Carolina. Have a great day.